Hello, I'm Ray with another podcast episode. Live and let live. That's what I say. That was a beat. Was that the Beatles that did that? No, live and let die. <laughs> That's slightly different. Right, where's my notes? Here we are. 13 degrees. Oh, first of all, I have to tell you, it's five o'clock in the morning. Okay, 5 a.m. and it's dark. I do not like it. It is dark. I don't mind getting up early. I love getting up early. In the summer, only a few weeks ago, it was light at 4 a.m. Now, here we are at 5 a.m. It's dark. In fact, yesterday I was up and about at 6 feeding the animals in the garden and it was dark at 6 o'clock. I do not like this autumnal business. 13 degrees centigrade, which is... I've just looked it up and I haven't written it down. I think it's 55 Fahrenheit. That'll do. 55 Fahrenheit. 96% humidity, 10, 11 millibars. The wind, well, I can't see the flag. I can't see it. I could just about see the cherry tree out. It's not moving, so there's no wind. Right, let's move on. Email from Ian. He says, There is no difference between vegan food and vegetarian food. No difference at all. Then he says, <laughs> he goes on to say, it's all disgusting. Well, I don't know about that, Ian. Um, <laughs> whatever. I mean, I don't like avocado. My brother-in-law doesn't like pears. So you don't like vegan or vegetarian food. Fair enough. <laughs> That's funny. Hello, Nicola. Nice to hear from you. You agree with Gail, who I mentioned in the midweek message last Wednesday. Gail was saying that if she wants a veggie cheeseburger, she doesn't want vegan cheese on it. She wants proper cheese. I do. I do. I like cheese. I couldn't go without cheese and pickle sandwiches, cheese and onion, cheese and mustard, cheese on toast. I love all that. I couldn't go without cheese. Now, Nicola has found the same thing. Wherever she goes these days, it's not veggie burger. It's plant burger or... <laughs> whatever they call them, plant-based, is it? Moving Mountains burgers are nice. Is it Moving Mountain? I believe, yes. They're nice, veggie burgers. But of course, as everyone is, seems to be agreeing, you know, we don't all want vegan stuff on it, vegan cheese all over it. <laughs> and uh, Nicola also mentions the feta cheese. She has found that vegan feta cheese. It's nice, it's edible, she says, but it's not the real thing, is it? It's not proper feta cheese. Where does that come from? Is it goats or sheep or something? I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> it's probably best that we don't know. Nicola also says that she has nothing against people that eat meat. That's fine. People that are vegetarian, people that are vegan. That's fine. Each to their own, as she says, which I agree. I agree entirely. She says what I don't like is people walking around with banners and and if you don't agree with them, if you don't agree with their views, then you're called insane or goodness knows how many other names just because you don't agree with their ideas. Well, this sadly, isn't it? This is happening not just with, I don't know, vegan, vegetarian meat eaters. It's happening with all sorts of things. All these people rampaging in the streets with their placards. And if you don't agree with them, then you're mad. And you should be, well, I won't go into that, but um, some of them are threatening, aren't they? they? They threaten people that don't agree with their ideas and whatever. Each to their own, as you say, Nicola, each to their own. I remember going to a wedding many years ago 
and I was sitting next to a, a chap and he said, are you vegan? He was a young chap and I thought, oh dear, here we go, I'm sitting next to a nutter. And I said, uh, no, I'm not vegan, no. Oh, you eat meat. Oh, look, you eat meat. And of course, people around the table are looking and I thought, oh, for goodness sake, why did I have to sit next to him? And I said, actually, I don't. I don't eat meat. Oh, you're vegetarian. I said, well, I don't like labels. You know, I don't like to be labelled as anything. I don't eat meat because I don't like the taste of it. It's as simple as that. I don't want to be labelled as anything. I don't like avocado because I don't like the taste on them. Brother-in-law doesn't like pears. He doesn't like pears at all. He just makes him feel sick. He doesn't want to be labelled as a, a pear hater or <laughs> anything like that. Trisha doesn't like ginger. She'll make ginger cake for me. Oh, and her mum, she likes ginger cake. But she can't stand ginger. I love it. Now, I don't have a go at her. I don't walk around the house with placards saying, Ginger hater, you should be put down. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. You're mentally ill. <laughs> she doesn't like ginger. I don't like meat. That's it. There's nothing to argue about, is there? I don't know. Funny old world we live in, isn't it? There was another part of Nicola's email. I haven't got it in front of me, but I remember her saying that too many people are... They're not minding their own businesses. They're poking their nose into other people's business. Overly interested in what other people are doing. What do you do? What do you eat? Oh, you don't eat that. Oh, well, I don't know. Oh, that's strange. You're weird. You're odd. People should mind their own business. Again, I agree, Nicola. People should mind their own business. <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of poking their noses in all over the place into other people's business and whatever, I don't know. As I say, I've got to say it again, it is a funny old world we live in, isn't it? Well, it's not the world, it's the people. Email from Callum. Hello, Callum, nice to hear from you. He says, I'm your age, right? You're, what are you, 72 then-ish? And he says, I haven't eaten meat since I was a schoolboy because it was disgusting. <laughs> school dinners. That's when I stopped eating meat, Callum, when it was school dinners. It was so disgusting. I mean, I don't know why I didn't stop eating vegetables, to be honest, because the cabbage, if we had cabbage, which we seem to every day, that started boiling at nine o'clock in the morning in big vats. You could smell that the whole school would stink of cabbage. And by 12 o'clock, one o'clock, when we had dinner, this cabbage that had been boiling for several hours, it was white, all the colour had gone. And it was just sort of mush. It was filth, absolutely disgusting filth. The meat, well, that's where I was put off meat, as I said. And I remember going home and saying to my mum, I don't want meat, I, I don't want that, it's, it's disgusting. And that's where I started, Callum, and you did, so that's interesting. School dinners back then, I remember a lot of my friends around the table in the hall at school, they were loving their meals, they were eating it all, you know, no trouble at all. Whereas I would sit there looking at it and picking at, poking it with my fork and sniffing bits of it. I'm not eating that. <laughs> Trish says I'm a fussy eater. I'm not. I'm very easy to cook for. Beans on toast, veggie curry, salad, cheese salad, anything like that. I love all that stuff. Cheese flan, quiche, all that sort of thing I love. I'm very easy to, to cook for. I'm not fussy at all. Let's move away from food before I start going downstairs and picking on crisps and biscuits and putting on weight. Lee, lovely to hear from you. From, where are you? 
Aberdeen, Scotland, that's right. You say I remind you of your father. That's good. Other people have said that. Someone said that I was their surrogate father, albeit only in voice. <laughs> Something like that, anyway. That's up showing my age. I'm a young man. Well, youngish, anyway. Thank you, Lee. Lovely to hear from you. And I know what you mean about cars. In the old days, you could tinker with your car. I used to fit spot lamps and radios and things and all sorts of things. You could open the bonnet, do all sorts of things under there. These days, there's nothing. There's no room on the dashboard to fit any of my amateur radio gear, the ham radio stuff. Nowhere to put it. Anyway, I won't go on about that. But um, also your garden, Lee. Yeah, we look after our garden. Some people don't. If I go for a walk with Trish, we go around the local roads. Some gardens, it's pretty obvious that... Uh, they're not into gardening at all. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember, do you, do you ever watch um, Keeping Up Appearances with Hyacinth and Onslow? Have you seen Onslow and Daisy, their front garden? There's an old Cortina dumped. I can hear an aeroplane now. Aeroplane going over. An old Cortina dumped there. The gate's fallen off. There are some gardens that are like that. I don't know how people live like that. Anyway, lovely to hear from you, Lee. Thank you very much. I'm going to go and make a cup of coffee. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to leave you listening to Mark from Ireland. To be sure, so I did. I can't do voices, <laughs> accents. Mark, lovely to hear from you and your four minute or so MP3. Thank you very much for that. You get rather excitable at the end, which is fantastic. There's nothing wrong with getting excitable. Anyway, everyone, have a listen to Mark while I go and make myself a cup of coffee. Gadzooks, Ray old son, I just thought I'd check in with you. It's Mark from Ireland here, just back from Venice. What was the first thing I did when I checked into our lovely Italian apartment in Venice? Did I go up to the bedroom? Yes, I did. Did I get up to... No, I didn't, because I'm of a certain age. I turned 60 recently, which in your eyes is, just makes me a kid. But no, no. When I got to the bedroom and I lay on that big, beautiful bed and I looked up at those Italian wooden beams, I put on my ray. I did. Oh, I listened to you, old son. Yes, indeed. Ha ha. I was listening to those dulcet tones thinking about you. And indeed, I really resonated with a lot of what you were saying. Ah, well, I just thought I would share with you some things before I forget about them, before they disappear. But some of you may recall headscarves, or is it scarves? I'm not sure what the pronunciation is, but at one stage, every woman that I knew had headscarves. And there would be multicoloured ones, and ones with little horse, little, remember the horse brasses motifs? You got all these kind of headscarf, you know, around her ears and on top of the old bonces. There you weren't a woman unless you had a headscarf on. Yeah. And indeed, the two women I remember in prominence that wore them in any kind of modern-ish times was your late Queen and also your late Prime Minister, Mrs Thatcher. There she was, oh yes, on a military Salisbury training ground, military, and they are, all right, yes, my dear, they got the tanks all out and Mrs Thatcher is on top of a scorpion tank, I think it was, but she was there with her headscarf, simulating riding into trusty battle for the benefit of the cameras. White dog poo. 
You just don't see it anymore, do you? What are the dogs not eating that they used to eat? On the subject of dogs, stray dogs, don't see them anymore. I remember you couldn't come home from school without befriending a stray dog, and it wasn't one that would rip your arm off as well because it hadn't been interbred yet with some kind of a pit bull terrier stroke Greyhound, you know, the deadly blooming things that are out these days. Oh, no, the, the, the dog was like, do you remember Just William? He had a dog. It was a stray dog called Jumble. So you'd meet your Irish version of a Jumble, and you'd befriend it, and it might walk with you as far as the house, and then you'd introduce it to the parents. Then you'd be hinting because you wanted it, but ah, oh, no, yeah. get rid of it. It's a stray dog now. Getting a fire going with a newspaper. My father, God rest him, in a kind of MacIver manoeuvre. He would try and get a fire going because we were too poor. We didn't have central heating. No, eh, we had a big open fire thing. And he'd get down and he wouldn't, like, y y you'd probably think of, like, rolling it into tight little cords of paper and that would act as a kind of lighter. Oh, no, this was a method to get a vacuum going that would come up through the coals, heat them up, and suddenly the place would be ablaze. It would backfire. So there would be my father in a kind of medieval torture stress position, buttocks straining at 12 o'clock high, a wicked kite triangle shape composed of his forehead pressed against the top of the fireplace, each hand strained and holding the bottom corners of the makeshift newspaper igniter. But then often, a fatal error, a wrong move. Whoosh! More like a... Followed by a... Don't wanna watch me turn, a little concern. Go on, the apocalypse, fire and burn. The damn thing would catch fire and go ablaze. And he'd be like some crazed flambe humanoid running around the room, screaming. And I'd be going, but Dad, you not get the irony of it. You know, you're trying to put it out now, but you've actually got it going. Oh, the good old days. I've worn out my welcome, thanks to you and your lovely listeners for indulging me. Take care, because I care, and stuff like that. Crikey, Mark. Stone the crows. How can I follow that? <laughs> I do remember... Well, I remember all those things you said. I do remember lighting the fire. Well, not me, but my parents and my grandparents lighting the fire like that, getting a huge sheet of newspaper and putting it over the fire opening... Was it to cause a vacuum, as you said? But whatever it did, it did seem to work. And I do remember my grandfather catching fire. This bit of paper, he put it into the fire too close or whatever happened. And the whole thing went up in flames in his hand. So he, he had to throw that into the fire. It all got going in the end, but it was all pretty dangerous. We also had a, at home, my parents had a gas poker, a red rubber gas pipe that you stick on the gas connector by the... the mantelpiece thing by the grate and then there's this poker thing that holes in it with all jets of gas coming you'd like that and stick it in the coal and that was all lethal I remember when my mum had done that she'd lit the fire put the gas poker in it gone off to the kitchen and I was what 10 12 years old I'm poking around with this gas poker playing with it highly dangerous stuff headscarves yes that's right Mark my mum wore a headscarf and housecoats do you remember housecoats? She used to do the housework in her housecoat. But before that, of course, the older... Um, this is my mum in the 50s when she was, I don't know, 20s, 30s. But her mum and the older people, they would wear these pinnies, wouldn't they? Remember the pinny-four type thing? You tie it round the back and it comes up your front. And they did all the housework in that. Well, they wore it all the time. And hair curlers and a hairnet. 
I remember old ladies, I never ever saw them without hair curlers. And I used to think, why are they curling their hair? Because you never see it. They've always got the curlers in. But yes, headscarves, everyone wore a headscarf. All the ladies, I remember when I went shopping with my mum when I was six, seven years old, and everyone had a headscarf, an overcoat, and an ordinary scarf, even in the summer. It seemed <laughs> they wore these coats and headscarves. And what else? Last but not least, yes, stray dogs. There were a lot back then, I remember that. But last but not least, Mark, white dog boot. Now, there's a, I hope you're not having a dinner, anyone listening to this. I do remember that. I'm not going to go into detail, but you're right. There was a lot of it around. I think one thing is there's a lot less on the pavements these days and the footpaths. There's a lot less of any colour. But back then, there was a lot. That's that's it. Whatever happened to the white <laughs> top poo? And this ha-ha that I do, Mark, yes, I do. I've noticed that ha-ha. I don't know why I do that. Perhaps I'm mad. Anyway, I never did make coffee. I was uh, listening to you, Mark, so I will now go and make coffee. It does make a nice change, doesn't it? I've got my coffee to have someone else chatting on the podcast episodes. Send me an audio recording if you've got anything to say, as long as it's legal and <laughs> and clean, well, clean-ish. Be lovely to hear from you. I had an email the other day from, who was it? I can't remember, uh, Sandra. Or was it Sarah? Do apologise. I'll find it in a minute. Sandra it was. That's right, Sandra. And she was saying, in the old days, back in the 50s, she's about my age, it seems, that there was routine where there isn't now. Back then, there was the routine. The, the kids would go off to school. Hubby would go off to work. And she was saying that she would then make the beds, change the sheets if it was washing day, make the beds do the dusting, do the vacuuming. She had this routine every day up until lunchtime when she'd make herself a sandwich or something. She'd pop over to the shops in the morning. Now, that was most mornings. I remember that, Sandra. That was most mornings my mum would pop over to the shops because we didn't have freezers. Not everyone had a fridge, of course, in the 50s. So you'd pop over to your local shops and buy whatever you needed, and it was fresh. Well, hopefully it was fresh. There was the butcher, the baker, the greengrocer. You could buy all this stuff there, all your bits and pieces. Then the, the sort of food store, like the World... Do you remember the World Stores? They had all the tin stuff and bits and pieces. It wasn't self-service, uh, not in the earlier 50s. It wasn't like a supermarket. That came in later. You'd go up to the counter and you'd say, right, I want a, a tin of beans and a tin of this and a pound of that or <laughs> I remember standing there with my mum when I was sort of six seven years old he'd say do you want to take that now or we can deliver it and they deliver no charge and very often I remember her saying this to me recently and we were talking about deliveries very often her shopping would be at her at our house before we even walked home it was done Someone would nip out in the van and drop it off. Or the boy on his bicycle. You remember the butcher's type bikes with the big basket on the front? I remember seeing them around, dropping off people's shopping and bits and pieces. No charge to the customer. Fantastic. I've just checked. Yes, that is from you, Sandra. Sorry, I mixed up your name originally. Sandra from Norwich. Lovely. I remember Norwich. That was uh, 
The sale of the century, wasn't it, from Norwich? The sale of the century. Was that Michael? No, not Michael Parkinson. He recently passed away. Oh, I forget his name. You'll know. You'll be shouting now at the speaker. I <laughs> Nicholas Parsons. That's it. I got there. Oh, that's a relief. Ray, nice to hear from you the other day. And uh, thank you for your best wishes for our Isle of Wight holiday, which isn't far off now. I don't know what the weather's going to do. Just spoke to my brother-in-law. He's just got back from Greece, little island near Turkey. What was it? Sosos or not Sosos, something like that. Loved every minute of it. So that's good. And I said, well, we're off abroad in a couple of weeks. Oh, where are you going? Where are you going? I said, the Isle of Wight. <laughs> he said, you always go there. Well, of course we do. Friend of mine the other day, Rod one of the chaps I speak to on the radio. I said, we're off to the Isle of Wight. He said, well, there's a surprise. How many times do you go there each year? Three, four, five? No, only a couple. No more than twice a year. So I'm looking forward to that. If the weather holds, it'll be great. If it doesn't hold, if it pours with rain, it'll still be great. We laugh in the face of bad weather, don't we? I think I mentioned a week or so ago that they dug a hole over the road. They dug the road up and the pavement there was a problem with the electricity, the mains cable. Now, yesterday, it was quite funny. A chap turned up in a van and he parked the van and went and looked down the hole. He had a clipboard and he wrote something on his clipboard, got back in the van and drove off. A few minutes later, 10 minutes later, huge lorry turned up and I thought, oh, look, they're gonna fill in the hole. Big lorry with a crane thing on the back and everything. He looked down the hole for about 15 minutes there was someone else with him and they're talking. Then they drove off. OK, that's uh, that's that then. I don't know what they were doing. Then electricity type van came back and they looked down the hole and drove off. <laughs> Honestly, it was like a sitcom. <laughs> and eventually the electricity van came back, did something to the cable down there. I suppose they had to finish it off and then went again. Then a chap came back with a clipboard he probably had to sign it off. Yes, that's OK to fill it in. Then everyone's disappeared. And today, nothing. No one's been to look at the hole at all. It's still there. So, And it's right across the people's driveway over the road. They can't get cars. In, well, their cars aren't on the drive. They had to move them. But they can't use their driveway. They can't park their cars there. Because <laughs> there's a big hole right the way across the front of, their, of the pavement. Oh, dear. Anyway... I will let you know, I will keep you posted the continuing saga of the hole in the road. I was talking to our niece the other day when we were up at Amberley Museum. I forget how, it, oh, we were in the road making. Part of the museum is all about road making and the road machinery, the old steam rollers and things. And she said that in Japan, now I know this, my son's been to Japan and he's told me the same thing. Something goes wrong like a bridge falls down, a little road bridge or something, it's done within two days. They, they swarm on it and da -da -da -da, that's it, job done. Now this hole in the road, I was thinking of what she was saying when they started digging it. If this was Japan, they'd have dug the hole, fixed the cables, filled the hole in, all within a few hours. And it's been, how long since they dug the hole? It's over a week, it must be a week and a half now. And of course, this is what happens all around the, the roads in the UK. There's roadworks everywhere, temporary traffic lights all over the place. And if it was just for one day or one night, fair enough. But no, they're there a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month and even more. We've got temporary traffic lights. 
up at what we call Lions Farm on the A27 up the top road. They have been there, this is no word of a lie, three if not four years. <laughs> Struth, stone the crows, what is going on? You would think, wouldn't you, that traffic lights need replacing or whatever it is they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. It was fine. It all worked fine. It still works fine, but with temporary traffic lights. But how can it be three or four years? There's cables so strung across the roads to these temporary lights. And apparently all the road works up near Shoreham Airport, not Brighton City Airport, or whatever they call it, Shoreham Airport. There's a huge new roundabout gone in and road works everywhere. They're building a, is it a housing estate or something there. And I heard on the news uh, a little while ago that they've run out of money. Who I think they, they've gone bankrupt or I don't quote me on that. I don't know. But whatever it is that the company, the firm that are doing it, they've run out of cash. So <laughs> I don't know how many years that's going to be. Temporary lights and cones and oh, a mess all over the place. I remember my son saying when he went to Japan that uh, cars don't park on the roads. The roads are for driving on. You don't park your car. Even the side roads, you don't park on the road and abandon your car. They are for driving on, which makes sense. I don't know how we would ever do that here, because where would you put your car? We've got a drive big enough for a couple of cars. A lot of people in our road have, because we've done away with the front garden, which is a shame. I don't like that. I don't like doing away with the front garden, paving it and then dumping cars on it, because it's not nice to look out of your window at your car. Where would people put their cars if they live in a flat or they've got no off-road parking? But imagine the roads, though, if there weren't any parked cars, all the side roads, all the roads, not one parked car. Amazing. There would be, I don't know, absolutely amazing. Can you hear that? That's not the hole in the road, people. Come back, that's someone else now. There's so much going on. There really is so much going on. People with chainsaws chopping down trees. That's a shame. We used to have some lovely trees over the back of us. They've gone. I don't know what that noise is. Someone's cutting something up with a petrol-driven disc cutter or something. <laughs> so much going on out there. But what isn't going on, apart from the big hole in the road, forget that, the potholes. Why don't people... Oh, we won't go into that. I won't uh, start complaining and ranting and moaning about potholes. I think I'll take a break until whoever it is turns that thing off and finishes the job. Well, it's now the following day and uh, whoever that was has gone. But more news, they've just filled in the hole over the road. It's not quite finished, but they filled it in. Big lorry turned up. I thought, here we go again. More paperwork, more looking down the hole. But they filled it in. Fantastic news. I want to say hi to Francis, Mark's other half. Hello, Francis. Glad, <laughs> glad you're enjoying the podcast episodes. Apparently you didn't initially. And then you listened to one or two and then you thought they're not too bad, perhaps. That's great. So uh, I'm glad I've got another listener in Ireland. Fantastic. I've just got back about an hour or two ago from Bogner. I've taken Trish over there and her sister. They've gone to Butlins for the weekend. Thank goodness I don't have to go. I don't like it, as you know. I don't like going there. Nothing against Butlins. It's just not my thing. 
But the traffic, oh, as I've been talking about traffic and parked cars, roadworks everywhere, Struth, absolute nightmare. To get there, we had to go miles out of the way, do a big sort of semicircle, right the way up onto the top road, then back down again. Coming back wasn't quite so bad, but uh, a lot of delays, temporary traffic lights, holes in the road, <laughs> but not any more outside our house, which is good. It's wonderful weather for the weekend. Blue sky, where are we? It's up past three. Uh, Friday afternoon. So this will go on on Sunday. Apparently the weekends are going to be very good with sunshine. So uh, Trish and her sister and her other friend, they can sit outside drinking wine. And I'm home alone. It's quiet here. Do you know the other day, did I tell you? I can't remember now. It was National Quiet Today. <laughs> Have you ever heard of such a thing? National Quiet Today. And Trisha's sister said, oh dear, it's not Trisha's day, is it? I mean, she is a bit loud. But no, Trisha did very well. She did very well. She wasn't too loud at all. I like National Quiet Day. I think we should have that every day. Some supermarkets, I don't know whether they still do, but they would have a quiet hour or a quiet two hours where they just no one makes a noise, no trolleys being bashed around, filling up shelves. And that was for people... Who was it? Or was it for autistic people? I can't remember. People that had some some problems and couldn't cope with noise. So they had a, a couple of hours where it was really quiet. I think they should do that all the time. It would be far better, wouldn't it? Some of these trolleys, they wheel around, you know, full of cardboard boxes, full of food and stuff. The wheels seem to, I don't know what's wrong with them, but they make a terrible row. The wheels rattle around, they chipped and broken stone the crows it almost deafens you so that's what we need more quiet time i think actually i'm not home alone that's not true i'm home alone with gary we are both here the boys gary the tortoise so i don't know who's in charge i think he might be actually in the fridge it's quite funny are three tupperware type tubs full of weeds and is it chicory that's his three meals for the three days that trish is not here uh, that's in the the food uh, animal fridge. And in our fridge, I've got a, a curry that I can warm up, homemade curry. I've got a salad that's all been made and prepared on the plate. And all I've got to do is a jacket potato with to go with that, with cheese on top. Back to cheese again. I can't have jacket potatoes without cheese. Good grief, it just wouldn't be the same without proper real cheese. I had an email from Kelly the other day. Hello, Kelly. She says, do you still have photographs, as in paper ones, that you stick in albums like we used to? I'm guessing you're about my age, Kelly. Uh, we do. We've got a whole box of photographs going back from when the kids were little and all that stuff. But Kelly's point is, what do you do with all the photos on your, your phone, your computer, your iPad and all these other pad things and everything? What do you do with them all? Do you print them all? Well, no, can't print it. I mean, we've got thousands. Trish counted hers the other day. I think it was over over 5,000 photographs and videos. I've been going through all mine uh, recently on the computer. So many photographs. I've been trying to organise them into folders. I've got one marked Amberley Museum, another one marked Isle of Wight Holidays, and then... The children, the grandchildren, oh, it just goes, all these folders. And Kelly, your email reminded me that these folders I've put them in on the computer were like 
in the old days, like photograph albums. One album would be, I, I don't know, The Holiday in Wales, 1974, something like that. Uh, So-and-so's Wedding, 1952. We have the albums, sort of, in the way of, in the format of folders on the computer, I suppose. But it is nice to flick through proper paper photographs, especially if they're in an album in some sort of order, with dates and what it is. Because most of the pictures I've got, I'm thinking, where was that taken? I don't know. I recognise the people. Now, where were we? I can't remember. When was that? Was that last year? No, that was 10 years ago. I suppose, ideally, what I should have done is each time I put new pictures on the computer, date them and label them with whatever they are. I mean, a lot of them, obviously, you can see what they are and you can see where they are, where they're taken. But so many of them you can't. But that's a good point, Kelly. I would love to have all our pictures, Trisha's and mine, all in proper albums. Mind you, we need a whole room. We need a library, wouldn't we? A library of photograph albums. But it would be lovely to be able to sit down and just flick through the, the albums, looking at the proper photographs. Yes, good point, Kelly. I wonder what other people do. Do you print them? We did have a machine, a screen, which was about six inches by four inches or whatever it was. And you stick a memory stick thing, a USB thing in the side, and it would just keep changing the photographs you'd put on the memory thing. And it would keep changing the photographs. But that became a bit boring in the end. <laughs> I think we gave one to Trisha's mum with a, a USB stick. Uh, and that just kept coming up with different photos of the family, which was quite nice. But again, it just gets boring in the end. You don't turn it on. It's, uh, it's just not like a proper album, is it? This is strange, talking about vegans and vegetarians. I've just had a news flash here. Vegans demanding the closure of the Natural History Museum due to its cruelty of stuffing animals. It's taxidermy, isn't it? I know it's not very nice. I mean, if they're dead in the first place, then I don't know. Is that all right if they're dead? You're just going to bury them or whatever, or eat them in some cases. But if someone wants to stuff them and put them on show, I, I don't know. What do you think? That's an interesting one. What do you think about that? Raise rants at protonmail.com. I certainly don't agree with killing an animal purely to stuff it and put it on show. That's not very good. But this sort of thing keeps happening, doesn't it? Various groups of people, they want to change this and change that, rewrite history here and rewrite history there, get rid of statues because they did this and that. We're going to end up, if we're not careful, with no history at all, or history so rewritten that it doesn't mean anything, none of it's true anymore. Anyway, there we are. That news flash just popped up on my Apple... No, it's not an Apple watch, is it? What is it? I don't know. On this watch thing I've got. I've just checked on Gary, the tortoise. He's asleep in the sun. It's really warm out there now under the patio roof. It's 28 degrees Celsius whatever that is in Fahrenheit. It's hot, that's what it is. I do like having animals around. I'm not keen on dogs and cats. I loved the rabbits. Of course, as you know, we've lost the rabbits. All of them have gone now. We had them for a good many years, though. We have talked about getting another couple of rabbits, but it's the, all the work that goes with it. We'd have to build the hutch and everything again. We're not going to do that, especially as we're getting on in years now. And also it was a problem when we went away to the Isle of Wight. <laughs> Someone has to come and feed the rabbits 
every day and clean them out and the rest of it. With Gary, it's not so much of a problem. Number one daughter just pops round and gives him some weeds and chicory or whatever he has and his dusting type powder on the food. Is that calcium dust? Something like that. And he's fine. He's got his heat lamp at night and he's all set up with thermostats and goodness knows what. We're getting closer to hibernation time, of course. Not for us, for Gary. Wouldn't it be nice to hibernate? Good night, you'd say to each other in November or early December. And then wake up in April, March. Oh, look, the sun's out. Oh, the spring's here. Lovely. Miss all that winter snow and ice. <laughs> so Gary is coming up to his hibernation time. We try and keep him around as long as possible, certainly into the beginning of December, because otherwise he will come out of hibernation in kind of February and it's cold. And then what to do with him? We can't put him in the garden and it just becomes a nightmare. Have you heard about this shoplifting that's been going on in the UK? Just to change the subject. Well, and in America, I think. I don't know about other parts of the world. I heard someone on the news saying the other day that it's become legalised. Well, it hasn't. I think they were being sarcastic. But it's almost become the norm now. A whole gang of youths or people will go into a shop. And as the chap said, it's not shoplifting these days. It's looting. Now, back in the... 50s, the 60s, well, 70s, 80s, 90s, whenever. Shoplifting was really frowned upon. You know, you well, stigmatised you were a thief. If the local people got to know that you were a shoplifter, well, dreadful. You know, you're seen out of town. That's it. You've got to leave town. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. Whereas these days, it just seems to be the norm. A lot of shops are closing down, of course. They're on about reviving the high street again. I don't know, it can't be revived. Those days have gone. What do you think about the high street? Those days have gone, haven't they? When we used to go downtown when I was in my, well, pre-teens, I remember going downtown with my my parents or my grandparents, all the shops everywhere, selling different things. There was the, was it the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the knitting shop? Do you remember the knitting shops? I think I've rambled on about all this before, but they've all gone. I suppose that was the supermarkets, wasn't it, did that? The fishmongers have gone because the supermarkets started selling fish. The butchers have gone because the supermarkets sell meat. The greengrocers have gone. Blah, blah, blah. There's nothing left apart from coffee. Costa coffee all over the place. Starbucks. Oh, we saw on the way to Bogner earlier a, was it Costa? Yeah, Costa coffee drive through so <laughs> you could you go in your car, well, like you've got this in America, haven't you? You drive into this place, get your Costa coffee and drive off. Well, that's a bit strange. I don't like that. Do you like that? I don't like Costa coffee anyway. When I was a boy, you'd go to Lyons Corner House, Joe Lyons, don't you know, in the middle of town. And we'd be served by these ladies with little aprons and little white hat things. And they were very polite, extremely polite, don't you know? Good afternoon. <laughs> afternoon tea, afternoon tea, cucumber sandwiches or cream tea, scones, or they scones. Scones with jam and cream, what, what? <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> it was nice then. I just love it back then, it was nice. People were nice. You go into a pub these days and a chap behind the bar will look at you and, uh, oh, pint of this please. Uh. <laughs> In the old days, good evening, sir. How are you? What would you like? How can I help you? Things have changed. 
How many times have I said in the well, well over four years I've been recording these podcast episodes, how many times have I said how things have changed? Oh, well, that's progress for you. And added, I don't like it. It's only rock and roll, but I like it. How about the Stones? Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, they're bringing out another album. They're in their 80s. <laughs> the Rolling Stones in their 80s. Isn't that amazing? I used to love the live bands in the nightclubs in the 60s. Absolutely brilliant. They weren't so loud that you couldn't hear yourself think. They were loud, yes, if you stood right in front of the speakers. There's people dancing, there's people around the outside with their drinks. They were really good evenings down at the local nightclubs, especially when they had the live bands. If they didn't have a band, they'd have a, a DJ. I didn't like the DJs. Because well, what is it with DJs? Even these days, they're awful. Oh, the one at Butlins, I won't mention that. I'll probably get sued. But oh, stoner crows. That DJ there, I don't know what's wrong with him. I won't say any more about him. I went to a wedding reception once. That was oh, 20, 20 years ago. The DJ there was awful. He really was. He kept going, How, what do they do? Woo, 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 woo. They keep, he kept screaming. And people are looking at each other, not screaming. It's how they go, whoa, or something like, I can't do that. Good grief. It was awful. People were walking out of the reception. It was behind a, a pub, you know, a big room hired behind a pub. A lot of cars going past today. And people were walking out. It was summer evening. And they're going out into the garden, the beer garden behind the pub, because of this DJ. And in the end, some of the groom or whoever went up to him and, and just said, you, can you shut up? Can you just play the music? Just put the records on and just shut up. <laughs> What's that record? Is it Kill the DJ or something? Kill the, I don't know, they swear in that record, don't they? Kill the something DJ. I don't like swearing in records, in music, in tracks. What are they called? They're not called records anymore, are they? In my day, they were records. You go and buy a record. What do you call them these days? Is it a, a song? No, you don't, you don't, I suppose you do download a song. I don't know. I'll call them records because that's what they are. That's what they should be. But they swear. There's a lot of swearing going on in records these days. I, I don't like it. I don't think it's necessary. I don't see the point of it. Do you know that one the Beautiful South did? Don't marry her, have me. There's a rude version of that actually that is quite good that's not I don't know that's not done to sell it as a record with swearing in it's done I don't know why it's done but have a look I think it's called blue well that's apt that's apt isn't it beautiful south don't marry her have me do find the blue version of that I've got that on the computer I can't play it to you of course several reasons copyright swearing get arrested I'll have the thought police knocking on the front door. Oh, excuse me, Evelyn all. Did you play that record? No, it wasn't me, Governor. Right, you're nicked. <laughs> the thought police. Have you heard all about this recently? People are saying that they're more interested in a comment you've put on Facebook or WhatsApp than they are in if you've had your house burgled. Oh, we can't go and do that, we're busy. Someone's put hurtful words on Facebook. <laughs> Someone called someone else an idiot. I do that. I'm always calling people an idiot, not to their face. When I'm driving, you should, I'll tell you what I should do. When I'm driving, I should have my little recorder going, put it in my top pocket of my shirt, and then you can hear my running commentary. Look at that, idiot, look at that. <laughs> I'd have to highly edit it 
or put in beeps all over the place. I don't know what it is with people that drive on the roads. They weren't like that in the old day, or were they? Usual old story, same old, same old, not so many cars, blah, blah, blah. I know all that, not so many people. But I don't think they were out-and-out idiots like they are these days on the roads. They're mental. A lot of them are just totally mental. They shouldn't be... They should be locked up, I don't know, out on the roads. They, they're crazy. Coming back from Bognor when I dropped Trish and her sister off earlier, there was this car, he was determined to get in front of me. Now, I wasn't in a hurry. I'm just coming back here to talk to you. There's no rush, no panic. He had to get past me. So what did he do? You know, the bollards in the middle of the road. In the UK, you keep left. Where you are, I expect you keep right. Well, he went the other side of the road, round the bollards and then back in my lane to get in. You don't overtake someone like that. Listen, there's an aeroplane now. I don't know what's going to happen. I know I've said all this before. What is going to happen on the roads? More and more idiots let loose. <laughs> yes, wouldn't that be funny though? I must do that. Next time, I'll tell you what, when we go to the Isle of Wight, I'll put my recorder in my top pocket. And uh, of course our dash cam thing, that records, doesn't it? Audio as well as video. I'll do that, and then uh, if it's not too much swearing, I'll let you hear that. That'd be quite entertaining, wouldn't it? That record, Beautiful South, I've just looked it up. It's um, blue is the colour. If you put that in, don't marry her, have me, blue is the colour. Don't listen to that if you are prone to get distressed or offended. <laughs> no, it's not funny. Some people don't like it, I know. My mother doesn't like bad language. She doesn't like that. She's always liked to be refined and she likes refined people like me or what, isn't it? <laughs> no, seriously, it's not everyone's cup of tea, as they say. I don't know why they say that, but they do. So don't listen to it if you are of a something or other disposition. Any old disposition will do. But I find it quite funny. But I would, as Trisha and her sister say, they both say, I'm weird, I'm, I'm abnormal. <laughs> which is good, isn't it? I don't want to be one of the sheep. Actually, while I've got a quiet weekend, I could have a, a bit of a jam this evening, couldn't I? Have a few beers and blast out some music. <laughs> no, I won't do that. I know what'll happen. I would have done a few decades ago. I know what'll happen. About eight o'clock, I'll be watching telly tonight with another cup of tea and I'll doze off. That'll be it. And I'll wake up in the morning. Well, that was an exciting Friday night. <laughs> it's funny getting older, isn't it? The mind is willing, the mind wants to do all sorts of things, but the body won't. I did say to Trish I might wander up to our club and have a couple of beers. Do you know, I can't be bothered. <laughs> I've got Apple Pay. Did I tell you? On my phone, I've got Apple Pay. I didn't want it, it just appeared. I think I clicked something. I've never used it. I'm not going to the club and using Apple Pay. It might not work. And I haven't got any cash. Oh, I've been left cash. I'm going over to Hotham Park in Bognor, Sunday morning, picking up the mother-in-law. Isn't that awful expression? The mother-in-law. And picking up the brother-in-law on the way through Little Am uh, Rustington and East Preston, going over to Hotham Park in Bognor, where we meet Tricia, her sister and their friend. And we all have breakfast in the cafe there, which is rather nice, rather civilised, don't you know? Oh, and the cash is for the parking meter, Hopefully it still takes cash because I don't have a bank card. Well, I do, but I don't take it. I wonder whether I could use my phone with Apple Pay on the parking meter. Do you know, in the old days, my grandfather, back in the, oh, the 50s, 
He had a, a leather satchel, a leather bag hanging round him, a white lab coat and a hat, and he was a, a car park attendant. He retired and he wanted a part-time job. So he went to the local council and they said, you can be a car park attendant. A car would pull in, he'd go over to them and he'd say, that's two and sixpence halfpenny and three farthings. <laughs> he put the money in his satchel and off they'd go and do their shopping and he'd keep an eye on their car as well. Now these days I see people at these car park machines looking on their phone, scratching their head, asking other people, do you know how to do this? Have you got a ticket? How did you get your ticket? Oh, it doesn't work. I don't, I don't like it. I certainly wouldn't try and use Apple Pay on a car park machine. I don't know whether you can. It would probably take several thousand pounds out of my account. Oh, well, it would have a job. Several thousand pounds, my foot. No, I don't like it. I don't like all this stuff. We go into some garages for fuel. I get Trisha to do... I'd put the petrol in the car, the gasoline in the car, the gas. But she does all the pressing all the buttons on the pump thing. Do you want a cash? Do you, have, you got, have you got a card? Have you got this? Do you want this? Do you want that? I don't know. I don't know. I just want to fill the car up. See, again, in the old days, pull into the garage, you drive over the rubber pipe and it would go ding, ding in the chap's office. He'd come out. Good afternoon, sir. How can I help you? Oh, fill her up, please. Yep, certainly, sir. And you didn't have to get out of your car. Should I check the oil, water for you, clean the windscreen? Should I check the tyre pressures for you, sir? You give him the cash and he'd go into the office. He'd come back out with your change. Lovely. These days I can't work the blasted pump. I don't know how to do it. Isn't it awful? We were on the way back from the Isle of Wight and I pulled into a garage. I think it was on the island. Doesn't matter where it was. And this woman on the loudspeaker, she's saying, oh, pump number seven, pump number seven, press so-and-so button. And Trish was in the car, I'm doing pump number seven. I didn't know it was me. I'm looking round, who's that idiot? That, where's pump number seven? Some idiot can't work it. Pump number seven, would you put the hose back? Press blah, blah, blah. Trish got out of the car. She said, what are you doing? You're pump number seven. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> and people are looking. And then the, the woman in the office, eventually, she came out. Pump number seven. I said, is that me? Yes, it's you. I don't know what I was doing. I couldn't get any petrol out of the thing. I hadn't pressed something properly. I don't know. Pump number seven, stove the crows. It would have been embarrassing, but I don't get embarrassed. I don't care. <laughs> Pump number seven. I'll never forget that. It was on the Isle of Wight. I think I'll have to make a note not to go back to that girl. She might remember. Oh, no, it's that bloke. Look, it's pump number seven. Right, we're closed. Sorry, we're closed. <laughs> well, time's pressing on, as it does. I've got to heat up my curry before too long, my evening meal, and I might even have a beer or two. I might have my curry sitting on the patio with Gary the tortoise so he can watch me. It's not actually curry weather. I've got a plate of salad. Oh, I don't know. That's for tomorrow. I can't be bothered. I probably won't eat anything. I'll just have some beer instead. No, I will. I'll have my curry. I've got to behave myself while the boss is away. The neighbours might report me, might they? He did this and he did that. Do you know what he did? <laughs> I can't imagine the neighbours reporting me. Many years ago, Trish went to one of the Butlins weekends and one of our neighbours said, come to our place. I think it was the Saturday night. Come round. We're having a few people round and drinks and a bit of a barbecue so I said to Trish oh, I, I'm really busy I don't really want to go she said oh go on you'll enjoy it you'll at least show your face do you know I got there at what was it half seven eight o'clock I left there at two o'clock in the morning 
hot summer evening, we're sitting in the garden, drinking and eating and having a laugh. It was fantastic. I only went to show my face initially because I'm not very... I am sociable, but I'm not... I don't know, I don't like mixing too much. I, I like to be on my own, doing my own thing, you know? So anyway, it was thoroughly enjoyable. I really enjoyed the evening. And two ladies, two of our neighbours, one from over, both from over the road, they were waiting on me. One was getting me food. Do you want any more pizza, Ray? Would, should I get you some of this? And the other one was doing the drinks. Do you want another beer, Ray? Or would you prefer something else? They're waiting on me till two o'clock in the morning. When I got back, I told Trish. She couldn't believe it. But the neighbour said, yes, yeah, true. It's true. He was up half the night. <laughs> I got reported, you see. I think it's the same with a lot of things. You know, we've booked something up, we're going somewhere, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't really want to go. Do I have to? And Trish always says, you'll love it when you get there. And I do, invariably, I do. I love it when we get there. It's just the thought of it, the build. Oh, it's next Wednesday, isn't it? What time is it? Oh, we've got to be there at seven. Oh, dear. And then as the days go by, oh, it's Wednesday. Oh, it's tomorrow, isn't it? Do we have to go? Then when I get there, I love it. I'm glad, I'm glad I went. Not always, though. I've just heard on the TV news that it's Rheumatoid Arthritis Week. Nothing to do with what I've been talking about, but I just happened to hear that. Rheumatoid Arthritis Week. We had quiet, National Quiet Day the other day, didn't we? When I was a child, I had rheumatism. That's a word you don't hear these days, or do you? There's arthritis, osteo, something or other arthritis and rheumatoid things. But rheumatism, I had aches and pains. My legs used to ache. People called it growing pains back in the 50s. Growing pains, rheumatism. I had earache as a kid. Everything ached when I was a child. I had rheumatic fever when I was three years old. That's supposed to leave you with a weak heart. In fact, I think the diagnosis was incorrect, to be honest. Why I'm talking about rheumatic fever, I've no idea. No, it just made me think about it because... National, what is it? National Rheumatoid Arthritis Aware Week. It is painful. There's a, what's that other one that Trisha has got? Fibromyalgia or something, is it? A lot of people suffer from that. And that's, I luckily I'm okay, but that does seem to be terrible. Yes, growing, did you have growing pains? <laughs> growing pains. I don't know, that's funny. Okay, we're coming up to the hour. Have you had enough? What do you think so far? Rubbish. I hope you've enjoyed it. I must say, I really do enjoy talking to you and I hope you enjoy listening to me ranting on and banging on about this and that. I've just checked and no more emails have come in, so that is it. The email inbox is now closed until, well, next Wednesday's midweek message, of course, if you want to say anything, raiserants at protonmail.com and I will mention it on next Wednesday's midweek message. Take care. Don't do anything. <laughs> Don't do anything I wouldn't do. I said that to Trish and her sister as I dropped them off at Butlins. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And her sister said, well, that leaves it wide open, doesn't it? That's nice. That's nice. What does she think of me? Look after yourselves and I shall see you on Wednesday. Bye bye for now.